Hi guys and welcome back to Chatting Shit with me, Liam Dean. How are you doing? How have your weeks been? I hope you are keeping gorgeous. Now, this week's episode is a lovely, long, lengthy one. So I'm going to make sure to keep this intro real quick and I'm going to go straight into the three things I'm super grateful for and have brought me joy this week. The first one being something that I actually forgot to say last week and that is my auntie has sent me a lovely 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 brand new clean fresh all saints t-shirt that i absolutely love and will wear every single day of my life and she packed it in a box full of chocolate and sweets and loads of little like nice little treats for me and i completely forgot to say it last week and she was fuming just absolutely livid um and it's because whenever i come to record these things at the end of the week everything that's happened in that week slips my mind and i forget what's gone on so i'm so so sorry and so i love you with all my heart and it was absolutely the highlight of my week the second thing was that i got taco bell for the first time which was super fun i got a lovely little um Oh, what's she fucking called? A chicken crunch wrap. And it was delicious. And I highly recommend everyone trying it because there are a few dotted around the UK and wherever you are in the world. If they have them, check it out. It's so basic. I know, but I love it. And finally, finally, it's happened to me is that I loved the weather yesterday. It was amazing. It was sunny. It was warm. It gave me summer vibes. And I know it's only spring, but the summer will be creeping in before we know it. And I absolutely cannot wait. So those are the three things I'm super grateful for and have brought me joy this week. So this week I am joined by Matt and Aaron all the way from the US of A. They host a podcast named Querying the Air. It is so, so fun and I love it. And we connected and I said, come on, let's have a little kiki. Let's collab our podcast. So we did. So we recorded this episode for my podcast and we've also recorded another one for their podcast, which will be coming out soon. So as soon as you've listened to this, make sure to go over to Querying the Air, subscribe, follow, whatever you do. And uh, yeah, check it out. So this is a super lovely long lengthy episode, like I said, but listen to it how you want. If you want to pause it, come back to the rest another day. I wasn't going to do it in two parts because I just thought I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Listen to it how you want. You can listen to it all in one go. You can listen to it in three parts. You can listen to it however you want. So pop on your shower, go on your walk, put it on in the background and have an amazing time listening to me. Have a little kiki with the guys from Queering the Air. So why don't we start by you guys introducing yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you look like? What do you do? Give me it all. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what I look like. I'm Matt. I'm drop dead gorgeous. I'm from New York. <laughs> uh, I'm from just outside of New York City. I grew up in the suburbs. Um, I, God, <laughs> where I'm from is and like where is like kind of a crazy question these days because like in theory I should be living in Atlanta, um, which is down in Georgia in this in the south. Right. Instead, I'm up in the northeast um, with my parents because I'm still in school, so I don't have a real income. I um, mean, I feel like a real so income many... comes with not being in school as well. So like the two in my head don't really go together. <laughs> okay, work. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. Um, so yeah, I'm 26. I live in my childhood bedroom still. There's a stuffed alligator right Stunning. there. Um, <laughs> yes. The only reason my little sister isn't also living here is because she's in college, in university. university yeah. And yes. And um, otherwise it would be a really cute moment of four grown people, family members living in the house together. And what about you, Aaron? I'm Aaron. I'm 25. 
I also grew up in the suburbs of New York, but I now live in Los Angeles. Okay, hold on. Um, the sub you grew up in the suburbs of New I York. Lived, I grew up in Bumblefuck, New York. <laughs> I grew up three and a half hours north of the city, which I I would imagine is kind of like the equivalent of living in like the countryside of the yeah. UK. It's like you you hear like the UK and people are like London, and you're like no. Yeah. And like growing up, I would say I'm from New York and everyone's like the city. And I'm like, no, 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 like more cows than people. Um, So, yeah, I grew up there. Matt and I went to college together in Boston. Uh, We went to Tufts University and we were both on the diving team together, which is how we met. Um, Boston, Massachusetts, not Boston, England. Do we have a Boston? (laughs) Yeah, you do. I think it's I think it's like pretty chock full of Tories, though. Well, I didn't even know this. <laughs> yeah. I I love looking at maps. Sorry, Aaron. I hate. Sorry to interrupt. I love looking at maps and the like. Where I take it. Where like I lived in New England for eight years, and like even around here, like I live in the town of Bedford. <gasps> we have so, a Bedford. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah. So like more than half the towns like in and around where we're from are like named after places in England. Whoa! So what a fucking nerd! <laughs> you stole them. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, fully. <laughs> well, where do you think we? we how do you think I came here? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was gonna say it's funny that you said about being like three and a half hours from the city, but you're still like in New York because this just kind of shows how small England is. Because I live, my train to go like home home is about. It can sometimes be under three hours, like two hours forty. But I like my home home's in like the. Uh, county that's like closest to scotland like i live right in the north of mm. england and like newcastle the, area uh no on the other side so newcastle oh, is like okay. on the east and i'm on the west um and yeah so my whole journey like on the train takes like under three hours and i've traveled basically the length of the country and you're like in wow. the same state <laughs> he's like halfway up the state <laughs> that's mad yeah well, can't like can't the UK fit in Texas like thirty times or okay. something? <laughs> I don't know about thirty times, but definitely smaller. It's something insane. Like the the area of the whatever. <laughs> Actually, someone someone from the UK told me that yesterday, so I will cite my sources. <laughs> Maybe someone from the UK. Um, I'm just looking at a map of England right now, and looking at North West England. Um, do you live near? Cockermouth? Yes. <laughs> Are you no. kidding? That's a real place? A real place. No. F- Cockermouth? Yeah. <laughs> I bet it sounds better when you say it. Cockermouth. Cockermouth. <laughs> so what is your guys' like perception of like, let's start with like London gays specifically. So like in America okay. or say like your two different states, because I guess the areas are different. Like, what are your mindsets if someone says, oh, he's like a London gay, what would you like perceive? Posh. Posh. <laughs> yeah. I think the accent just always like comes across as more like, you can say anything. You could literally be like, I want to hit you in the face with a shovel. And I'd be like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, have you not heard people from the UK but... though who have like really nasty accents that are like not posh? Because there are many. See, this is the thing. I don't think that we see British accents, like any of them, as like nasty or like gross or anything because they're all foreign and fun to us. Yeah. At least in my experience. I guess I do. I do associate some of them more with like being a bit more funny. 
versus like a, like I would say the like London accent, I just associate it with like it feels classy to me. Like you could literally say anything you want, and I'd be like, oh, it's just, it's so classy. Yeah. but I don't know. I think I like I hear different accents, and it gets me like excited to hear about like where they're from, and like because I know that England is like has so many. Or, like, historically it's had, like, all little cities are, like, their own little microcosms because it's, like, so many people on such a small island. So, like, mm. it gets me, like, excited to, like, hear about a city that I might not know anything about or, like, an area that I don't know anything about. Like, I, I think people have, like, looked down on, like, the Scouse accent a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, like, but, like, <laughs> Liverpool, I think, is, like, such a interesting, like, place or whatever you know i think there there's nothing like trashy about anywhere in england because i like never grew up thinking that or like knowing that you know yeah and obviously i think the things that you see are obviously like you know if if like a city's going to advertise itself it's going to advertise like the best parts or if it's on like a tv show they're going to show like the Mm -hmm. best parts so i think like there are i just feel like there are so many places that if I like took you in person, you'd just probably like burst out into tears and just be like, this is not what I imagined. My whole <laughs> life's a lie. This is not classy because there can be some like rough places in the UK that, <laughs> mm. that like classy is like the furthest word you would use to like yeah. th- associate with it. <laughs> well, you know, actually what I'm thinking of is from, cause I watched the first season of Drag Race UK. So I'm thinking like Cheryl mm. Hole, where's she from? Like, Essex. 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 Yeah. Like, on, like, don't they say that that's like the Jersey Shore, quote unquote? Um, well, <laughs> they, we had a show called Geordie Shore and Geordie is like Newcastle. Mm. Um, oh. But I, I've never really been to Newcastle um, or like seen the nightlife and stuff. So I'm not sure. But we had also Only Ways Essex. And that was like a reality TV show about like just people who lived in Essex yeah it kind of but it's so not like to me like Essex is so far removed from LA but I guess yeah with the whole like I don't know like plastic surgery and stuff because then we had another show which like on at the same time well still on they're both still on called Made in Chelsea and that was about like Mm. your rich Chelsea Londoners um Mm. and it was like the polar opposites but so you saw like the different like it's just like the same, like you see like the different areas, but they are like very much like heightened, like, because you know, you, if you guys watched Made in Chelsea, you would have this image in your head. And then if you came to London and went went to Chelsea, it's not like that. Like there are areas and there are people you would bump into, but the majority of people are just normal people living in the area. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's honestly like what like Jersey Shore is like too, you know, like you're, uh, you'll find your Guidos and whatever, yeah. but like, it's a lot of like very normal people who just like that's the beach they go to. Where is you know? it? Yeah, the hyper dramatization. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Where is um? It's it's like it's by New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I pitched mm-hmm. it somewhere like really hot. Although New York is hot in summer, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's very hot in the summer, but it's and humid. Yeah, oh my god. It's so I've been bad. in the summer. I loved it in the summer. I've been I've been kind of like I've been in like summer i've been in winter and i've been in like march april time so i've kind of just done everything but the i guess you guys would call it fall October. yeah i was about to say you've been every time but the best time. Uh, fall is like the really best. yeah yeah Why? there is i swear to god there is nothing prettier in the world than the northeast united states in the fall i guess yeah because of I mean, all, like, like really bold but <laughs> <laughs> she's throwing it out there um I yeah, that's funny. I would say London's best time is definitely the summer. I love London in the summer. 
because we have mm. have you guys been to london yes yeah well we have like a lot of like like i don't know it sounds really weird but kind of like green spaces like we have quite a lot of parks so like everyone just goes to the park yeah. and we all just like drink in the park or like take i don't know picnic or something and then you usually get like day drunk and you're battered already and then you saunter off to like soho and carry on until you're literally like dead you go to gay yeah we love a gay (laughs) (laughs) the can opening on the on the the gay like that yeah um where have you whereabouts have you been out in london uh i went out in soho a bit did you go to freedom um i think freedom's like the classic i I mean for for like I don't know, people of like my community, like theater community, it's very much like the mm. place that everyone kind of goes, oh, we won't go to Freedom tonight. And then you try every other area and then end, everyone just always ends up in Freedom. And then you end up yeah. there. <laughs> but, Love that. Um, it's like fucking Club Cafe. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to these places. I hear these names and I'm like, take me there. You don't want to go to Boston for the gay night. Oh, yeah. is that, is that in Boston? Not. Especially yeah, Boston. not compared to London. Like the, the London nightlife is so Really? Fun. Okay. Well, this was going to be my next like question. So what would you say is different to like the London gay nightlife to, well, I guess like in New York or LA or Everything. Boston or wherever you go. I mean, the first thing is, like, the timing, for sure. Because, like, everything... New York is a little bit later, but, like, in Boston and in L.A., everything ends at 2. So everything? You have to go to, like, half... Yeah, you have to go to, like, house parties afterwards, which, like, doesn't really I've never done exist that. in Boston, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> like, in L.A. In L.A., everything ends at 2 a.m., so then you, like, go and you go to houses, which is fun, but a hassle. Yeah, but you guys have this weird fucking like 21 situation like what's she about (laughs) it's so fucking stupid because like we all start drinking before that anyway everybody goes to college and literally the whole world like it's just such a colossal waste of time because like you go to college and literally everybody is drinking more than half the students are not 21 and everyone is drinking anyone everybody knows it so we waste like so much like the campus resources to like Mm -hmm. get like get people yeah crack down on drinking or like break up parties because there's underage drinking and it's like what is the fucking point of this like there is no point yeah it also like is a little bit more dangerous i think because when people like i know so many people who like went to college who had never had alcohol really before Mm -hmm. and then they're in this environment where they have all this freedom and they're like i can finally do whatever i want and they don't know how to drink and they don't know how to handle themselves and it's like people end up going to the hospital which like probably still happens even when you can start drinking younger. But I feel like the taboo don't ask, don't tell secrecy of it just like kind of makes Mm -hmm. it a lot less healthy. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you two sound like very clued up, but like I was talking to my friend uh, who's from New York the other day and we're just saying how like, fucked up america is (laughs) i'm throwing like where do we want to (laughs) start i mean like we i literally had a full-on conversation with him the other night because he's like just moved to the uk he's got a husband and like he's loving his like uk life and i mean we got onto the topic of like healthcare, which is just something that no i'm gonna like get really upset if we start talking about this really It's so dark. It's, really? it's so dark. It, it, it's the it 
cause like how our healthcare system like literally kills people like tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people every year because i i literally couldn't like we were having this conversation and i actually couldn't get my head around it i was like so if i went on a night out in like new york whatever and i got so drunk and i collapsed in the street and someone tried to lift me into an ambulance would i like have to get into that ambulance knowing that someone was going to charge me for it yeah i mean you could probably say i'm not getting in this ambulance and then they'd be but like, if you like really like, needed it you, and then if you're if yeah you'd probably get hit with a bill for three three thousand if you're in like a much worse situation and you're like actually unconscious and then you wake up and you've needed a scan you've needed a this 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 like mm. it, it, honestly like <laughs> it, i laugh because it's actually like baffling to me and it makes me realize obviously how lucky we are and there are so many people who complain about the nhs here because there are faults to it but when you hear that i'm like if i'm fucking dead on the street you best fucking pick me up in your ambulance and scoot me off to the hospital Mm -hmm. and help me and and you know save my life without dropping me some big fat whopping bill at the end like give a girl a break (laughs) it's like really not uncommon to hear people have like like people will be in like life threatening situations and tell them like don't call me an, like call me an Uber don't call me an ambulance, like that's like not unheard of. That's mad. Mm-hmm. I, My dad actually well, drives like... our like our like local volunteer because I live in like um, like the suburbs. It's not like super crowded around here. Um, so like the fire department and the like ambulance corps are all like volunteer run. And so my dad has driven for our local ambulance corps for like a long time. And he like, it's really normal for people to get like five grand in bills from one ambulance ride. That is like, I, cause I was saying to my friend as well, I was like, what it is, is that obviously normal life world, whatever, when you pay for something, you're paying for like a service and you're paying because mm. you're choosing to like have that service, whether it's you're paying for food, you want to eat it, you're paying for whatever. And I know that obviously like when you go to hospital, you're receiving a service, but no one chose to pay for this service. Like I didn't ask to break my arm or have a heart attack or whatever. Like, and I'm obviously like, you s- yeah, it's not a luxury. Yeah, item. it's not a luxury. Item. It's like, a yeah. Necessity. But it's, do you think it will ever change? In America? Yeah. I think if coronavirus... I'd like to believe, maybe. Yeah, I I hope so. I think if coronavirus didn't, like, turn anybody who was, like, staunchly anti... We call it Medicare for all. Um, If there wasn't... If coronavirus didn't, like, turn anybody who was staunchly anti-Medicare for all into... Or, like, make them realize that, like, you know, you shouldn't have to pay for for medicine to keep you alive, um, I don't think it'll ever happen. Because if you had COVID and you had to, like, go in a ventilator in the US, would you have to pay for it? Shut your mouth. Yeah. You would. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That is mad. They've they've passed a bill that anything like vaccination related, you like can't get a um, charge for that. Right. Like, and I think they, and same with testing for the most part, but there's like always, there's a catch to everything in this country. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it would have to, obviously it's such a big place that like, it's not something that can just change overnight, is it? Like, it would take years. It would save us, like, billions of dollars. There's been, like, studies done showing that it would save, like, billions of well, dollars. Well, this is my next point, because sometimes I just think, like, within the USA, we've got a few things going on that sometimes I just think, if they just didn't do that, they'd probably be better off. 
<laughs> the list is yeah. very long. So um, I was thinking, right, so we have like areas of London that like would like separate the gays. So we have like your Clapham gays, your East London gays. Um, I guess like your like Soho gays, even though that's a bit of like an epicenter. Um, what are like, maybe for like your two different cities, what are your like different types of gays if there are them? Like, is it all just like a big hot pile of everyone in it all together or have you got like your separations no <laughs> the gays are catty and mean yeah, always really? for sure, and like to separate i mean that was a little dramatic i guess but. <laughs> like in la i've definitely heard of like i'm gonna say like i think it's i think it stands for west hollywood gays like we the we ho gays. gays yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, Aaron's one of them. Are you? <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm one of them. He just I would say I'm like there. adjacent. I don't live in WeHo. I live in Hollywood. It's different. <laughs> believe me. So what is what um, is WeHo? Like, Why? who is she? Where she come from? What she do? So WeHo is probably like the equivalent of Soho. Okay. It's like, it's just like, it's the gay neighborhood of LA. I Lots mean, of all hoes. of LA is gay. Like, there are <laughs> yeah, gays <it's> everywhere. <laughs> but... <laughs> WeHo is like the center and um, it's like where all like the majority of the gay bars are. They're all kind of next to each other on a, on one strip, which is nice because you go out and you just go to one location and then you can like hop around and you don't have to like Uber from place to place. You can just Uber there and then hang out. But um, it also is just like very um, exacerbated by like the TV and social media realm because you go out and it's like, it's always a scene and you're always like, it's just sceney. Well, this is so weird. Cause we have like, like, I guess London's like the epicenter of like TV and social media and film and influences or whatever in the UK. But you guys have, I don't know, I guess you have a different kind of, um, like world of influencers. Like we have, I don't know. I feel like influence is a bit more of like a straight thing in the UK. Like this is a very probably, like because of like love island yeah i guess so like love island and like like my housemate is absolutely obsessed with like watching girls on youtube and then like following their instagrams and stuff and i I know there's not many like gays that like like to be honest if someone was like to say to me who's like who would you define as like a gay instagram influencer um i'd probably say um I have such a rubbish brain with names and it's so embarrassing. Um, he was on your podcast. And I think he's a friend of yours. My name is Matt Crawford. Matt yeah. Crawford. Like I'd probably say that. And he's like, yeah, he's not British because I don't think we, I don't know if we have like something of like that kind of like, mm. I might be re- being really naive and just like so unaware of this whole world that like there is in London. <laughs> now you're, t- now you're speaking my language. <laughs> I'm so like, I have no idea yeah. with influencers and whatnot. I mean, I, th- I feel like, there used to be that group of like huge British YouTubers like Alfie oh, yeah. and Zoe Sugg and like that crew. Um, and they like ruled the world for a little bit and I don't really know what they're doing anymore. Yeah, me neither. I, I was obsessed with them. And I used to love when yeah. they used to go to like, um, like to like VidCon and stuff and they would like do yeah. videos of like Tyler Oakley and I'd be like, oh my God, my two worlds have collided. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. But I was obsessed with them. But when I was like 13, 14, it's like, where are you now, hon? What are you doing? What keeps you yeah. busy in the day? Because I ain't seeing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's your like, you know, you were saying um, about like things closing early, but what's your like general nightlife like routines? Like we're here, we would usually have like pranks somewhere or like- Have what? Like, 
like pranks, drinks. like pre-drinks. Pranks. That's a think, cute I don't know if people use that word. <laughs> we say pre-game. Yeah. Pre-game. Yeah. Ooh, like before like the games and like the sports game. I guess. That's probably where That's it comes so, like, from, macho. but I've never really thought about that. But then there's a difference between like pre-gaming and tailgating. And tailgating is like specifically before like a, like football. a football game or like... I guess you can you can tailgate for like any sport really, but it's like like you, at this well, point you would you drink like, before you go and watch the sport. Yeah, do you not? I don't know. Americans just like to get fucked up for everything. Yeah. I don't. I thought that was the British. I thought I actually thought that like Americans see British people as like like oh my god, you drink so much. Like I've seen that a do. little bit. Yeah, and it's super funny because America like. I never understood because everyone always thinks of like trashy Americans like can't handle their alcohol or drinking so much, but then they're like, oh, they're right. Well, yeah, but then they're (laughs) like, (laughs) but then they're like, oh, but they probably think so weird of bad of us because we drink so much. I'm like, which one is it? (laughs) Yeah, I guess it comes from like you were saying um, the fact that like you guys can't drink till later. So I think people Mm -hmm. in the UK probably think that people don't drink until like not until like 21 but maybe a bit more like 1920 whereas here you've got like your absolute scallies in the park like 11 12 down in like the wkds and like smyrna fies i was not drinking at 11 <laughs> i didn't drink until like i mean me 17. neither i did I it I but like 12. i'm sure there was people <laughs> you were 12 i think i was 12 i think i started in seventh grade so <laughs> yeah She's that's hardcore. 12 <laughs> no or not i but we had like I don't know. I guess we had like parties when we were at school and you'd go and like either someone's dad would buy you like a bottle of stuff. But because I was a, like, mm. I used to always dance when I was younger. My mum like used that as like an excuse to try and like convince me not to drink. She used to sit with me in the car like before I'd go out to go to a party. And she'd be like, <laughs> listen to me, Liam, your body is a machine. Like you're an it's athlete. Like, yeah, but it's a temple. Like, don't ruin this now just for one night. And I'd be sat there shaking like, oh my God, oh, like I can't. But, so That's I, a good point. I guess a great way to go about it. It's like parental <laughs> mind control. I still drank, but like just not as much. But like, yeah, people used to get like mash up at parties when you were like 13, 14. No, like 14, mashed 15. up. Yeah, like mash up. Like, yeah. No, I got, got you. Fucked mash up. Um, but yeah, so I guess I think people here probably just think that like we like we started sooner so we can like go harder. But <laughs> I guess it's not the case. Yeah. I don't know. There's people also always joke about like, uh, honestly, have you heard of Four Loco? No. It, <laughs> it was this. Uh, it's like motor oil in a can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like drinking like a venti Starbucks coffee and also like a half a handle of vodka and a Red Bull. They were like tall 16 ounce cans and it was like an energy drink with alcohol with like malt liquor in it. It was And they got outlawed in America because I think the rumor was that if you drank four you would like die. But I feel like I don't know how you guys survive because I feel like <laughs> when I've been to New York like I'll get a Fanta and it's like fluorescent neon orange. And I'm yeah. thinking like, this is very unnatural. And then also, right, so this is the shock, absolutely shock of the season. So <laughs> I went to the shop the other day. I went to Asta and I bought some Lady Gaga Oreos because I was like, I can't Oh my God, again, we're talking about Chromatica <laughs> Oreos. <laughs> I brought Brad up has talked life. about Chromatica Oreos the past four episodes of our <laughs> podcast. 
<laughs> but this is this is probably something you've not heard before because I was so excited. I was like, I can't be gay in 2021 and not buy these. Like, it's just something mm. I have to do. Like, it's, I, I can't carry on living without it. I, them, I take them home and I did a little close friend story, like, like gonna try one for the first time. Let's see what it's like. And I open it and they're normal fucking Oreos. Like they're like white. They're black <laughs> and white, like the rest of them. There's no what? pink. There's no color. And then I, I was like fuming, like absolutely livid. Felt like I'd been stripped of my experience. And a friend was like, "Oh yeah, well apparently it's because the amount of like sugar they have it in America like isn't allowed in the UK, so like they couldn't." And like purple dyes and stuff. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I didn't eat two boxes of those over the course of like three weeks, but <laughs> you've damaged yourself. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. literally. Well, I don't drink coffee, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say that, like, oh, that's okay. That's it like, doesn't even it out. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but yeah, I guess I think you guys do just have like, I guess a lot. Like, you have, oh my god, such bigger like, um, I guess like portion sizes, Portions. but like drinks. Like, if I go to McDonald's in New York, like, that I've got enough like liquid to last me for like six days, whereas I would get a large in London <laughs> yeah. and like sipped it in two seconds and it's gone. Um, and it's just not the same. Like you guys, like you can go big or go home, but I guess like, do you have, to, I don't know, is it like normal to like restrict yourself from getting like a large or something because you know it's so big or do you not even realize that like it's so big? Because we're gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on what you're getting. I think like if we're getting pizza, like a lot of times you'll just like get a large and then whatever you don't eat, you'll just like save. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have that I as well. I, I, we, yeah, we do leftovers a lot. Yeah. Just kind of eat, yeah. eat till you can't. <laughs> I mean, is you- I think a lot of America does go for the supersize option for sure. I think it's probably less popular now than it was like five years ago because now there is there have been a bunch of documentaries about how like horrible yeah. it is and things like that. So there was definitely a time like when I was when we were younger where it was mm-hmm. like much more normalized to be like get the biggest soda that you can yeah. but now there are like so many campaigns to like not even drink soda anymore Aaron when you say five so. years ago are you thinking of like like 12 years ago actually <laughs> yeah and I don't say that to Time's say like you're thinking, haven't we learned yeah. that <laughs> I think you're, you're no because five years ago I was in college yeah I know <laughs> so I was like remember how long how like recently five years ago it was <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 when I was like in middle school I guess Oh my god, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with him. Fuck my drag. Fuck my drag. Have you been watching UK Drag Race this season? Yes, it is the best television show that's like being produced. It really right is. Now. And I'm seeing like a negative face like in the corner here that I just want to kind of like deflect because we don't take in that we he don't take in the attitude because if you Oh, I'm sure it's amazing. I just like haven't had the chance to watch it. Like I watched the first episode or two. I can't stop listening to Bing Bang Bong, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't watched it. Well, that's okay. Season. That's okay. At least you're listening to that. Yeah. Like you're you're part I of the I can't group. stop. You're in. <laughs> that song also, I don't know what they did, but they cracked a code. Like I listened to it once and it's stuck in my head for four fucking days. <laughs> like and I'm like get out. Like I'm like get out of my but head. This is it. <laughs> like this is the problem. Like my <laughs> get out too. Big bang bong. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, housemate's boyfriend's living with us and he's like, he's like stray and doesn't really watch like Drag Race and stuff. But of ew. course I make him watch it. Yeah, like, ew, who? Um, of course I make him watch it. And apparently his manager- Education. <laughs> exactly. His manager was like really into it. And he's also like a really like laddie, blokey, like straight guy. And apparently they got on there. Like, <laughs> a laddie, blokey. <laughs> 
they got on their like morning <laughs> meeting and he was like have you watched drag race and he was like no i don't think so and he was like do you not know the song his manager was like singing the song and i was like i love how it's really transcended <laughs> into like all corners of the universe now i love well, that's that. the beauty of the bbc right probably because it's like isn't that the biggest network yeah but but drag race the drag UK? race isn't on tv so we have what no it's so we have so us drag race is on netflix comes out every saturday okay and i guess like that's actually probably more i don't know like accessible because bbc is on like your tv so you have like bbc one bbc two and many others but bbc three used to be on like your tv channels you'd scroll down your channels and find bbc three and then a couple of years ago they took it off so now it's only online so you can only watch drag race online oh oh that yeah. sucks i didn't know that yeah it's really weird it's like we've never oh my god i totally assumed that it was just like in every single household and yeah. i was like that's so incredible no, I, I feel like drag race in the u.s is is a lot more like that. Like I feel like a lot more people outside of like the queer community watch it. Like I could be wrong, but I feel like it's more of like a um, a big franchise that like everyone knows about. Whereas here, people know like most people will know of like RuPaul's Drag Race, but unless you're like you go out and like you're searching for it to watch, you're not going to find it. Hmm. It's really I think weird. it's the I I think it's kind of the same here too. Like it is on yeah. it it does it is on television every week. Um, but not a lot of people our age like still have cable television. I, I love my yeah. parents. I love cable TV. So like I, I love scrolling through the channels. So like I'll probably never get rid of it. But um, a lot of people. It I think it it is one of those things where like if you're not looking for it, you're probably not gonna watch it. Yeah. Um, I do think also that over the past like three years, probably like. In America, it started on Logo, which is like a baby network that had no money, and that's why, like, if you watch season one or two or one or two, especially, you're like, like oh, quality, did this come out like, in 1985? On, like, <laughs> Literally, yeah. um, for being generous, and there was no money put into it at all. And then season ten, I think, was the first season that it switched to VH1, which is like a much more Huge. major network in America. And then once it switched to VH1, it like I think probably because they started like advertising it more and it was more in people's minds, more people started to watch it. And then it started to become a lot more prominent yeah. in America and all I the love world. as well, like I, I'm actually obsessed with the fact that like on America, you go on, you win a challenge, you've got $5,000, like take it home, honey, spend yeah. it, love it. You win a mini <laughs> challenge. You win a mini challenge and you're off to like fucking Cancun for like a week in a five star hotel. You Literally. win a mini challenge in the UK, you're getting a snap. You're getting a snap, <laughs> you're getting a pat on the back, and you're just being told, well done. You win a main challenge, you win a badge. You've got a little badge and you... A, a pin. pin. You pop yeah. it on. <laughs> Fucking enamel pin. And like, I don't even... Like, I've never even seen the Vivian's, um, like, documentary. I don't even know what it was. TV show, who, like... You you fly to Hollywood. <laughs> it was for the, it was for World of Wonder for their like oh, their God. own like streaming service. Which I mean, the good news is my guess is that she probably was able to get paid for that. Like her and bag of chips. I'm assuming once they filmed that, World of Wonder was like, okay, now we're allowed to pay you because it's not through the BBC. Yeah. It makes but. me piss as well that like the US queens do like arena tours and like I see them doing these shows in like huge concerts. I don't know about arena tour. Mm. Well, it looks <laughs> like, like arenas. <laughs> They've done some big ones. But there's been like big crowds there. And like I used to work at this um, like basically it was like a theater that was like a nightclub. But then 
like in lockdown lifted times, they ran it as like a theater with like social distance seating. And they had like a lot of drag shows and a lot of like comedy and stuff. And the Vivian and Bag of Chips came to do a show. And I was just like, <laughs> this, like it's amazing. And I love where I work and like, it's an amazing, amazing venue, but it's not like an arena. And like, you know, mm. there weren't people like queuing down the street and stuff. Like, I don't know, it's just weird. It just seems like it's just on such a smaller scale. But I also love that because I feel like British drag is a bit more like, rough and ready and a bit more intimate. intimate yeah like there's been so many queens on the british one where like tea or coffee god bless her heart like her. she's so lovely but like the stuff that she comes out on that like runway with i'm thinking honey so not this because you've picked <laughs> this up you've picked this up from like i don't know if you guys have like claire's accessories but it's like H&M. Oh, do we have Claire's? <laughs> do you have Claire's? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where all the girls yeah, used to go to get their ears pierced. Yes, in, I got like, my ears school. pierced at Claire's. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And then my best friend did my other one. But, um, but yeah, so I feel like she was just picking up these things from like, these places. And I was always saying, if I was like absolutely battered in a bar, like loving my life, watching her, I'd be having the best time. But she's not main stage RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's fine. Like... You know, not everyone needs to be. Um, but she was mm-hmm. giving it her best go, and we love that, and we uh, we love her for it. <laughs> well, also, I truly believe that like every single person on the, the the UK version, last season and this season, they're all such good performers. Like they all shine in like the lip syncs, and that's when I feel like I'm like, oh fuck! Like I can see how you like turn it out, even when they don't necessarily have. Yeah, because I. But I also like. I have to remind myself too, like looking back at the earlier so seasons shady. of the US one, like the US ones in the beginning were like, yikes. But so maybe. It's just I don't really think we have as many like look queens here. Like I know mm. a few queens who are like got an Instagram following, but not in like the hundreds of thousands or like the millions until they're like on Drag Race. I mean, I don't know if the ones who have been on Drag Race have even got millions anyways. Um, so I guess we don't really have those queens who are just known for like most queens in the UK, there are some who don't. Like, I don't think Ahura really did many gigs before she went on Drag Race. But like most mm. of them, if they're going to work, they're going to be in like clubs, bars, working men's clubs, like brunches. Like it's, they're going to be doing like performances. Um, Sorry, um, a what? A working men's club? <gasps> you not heard of a working men's club? <laughs> it's like... That sounds naughty. Oh no, it's not, it's not like... It's like basically, so you have them in like the small towns, like you have like, you'll have like, I don't even know, I'm like just a building slash bar slash like hall thing that will be like known as like the working men's club. I think it was back in like the times of like when people were like mining and there was very much of like a working men's community, like all the miners. Like industrial revolution era. Yeah, that like that kind of vibes. Um, and they, I don't know if they're really much of a thing anymore, but I don't, I, I don't know. You just see them sometimes that like you'll walk down and it'll be like some, like say the name of the town, it'd be like working men's club, but they have like, there's one in like East London that I think is actually really well known for like drag queens to perform there. And it's like quite a gay venue. I could be completely wrong, like speaking shit, but I think there is, um, <laughs> but they're not, it's not like somewhere you would find like, I mean, anyone, but like a straight man really. <laughs> Hmm. But yeah, it's weird. The, hmm. <laughs> you two are like perplexed. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I'm picturing like a strip club almost. Yeah. Like 
I mean, I'm not that like the queens would go in and like be stripping, but like the clientele of like a strip club in America is like the working. Man yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, but yeah. less like Wall Street and more like Bob the Builder. Construction. <laughs> Bob the Builder. Well, do you think I'm I'm praying that this happens? Like I'm going to manifest this into existence. I want the UK girls to and the Canada girls to come and be on fucking All Stars, like and mix together the seasons because be I think so that, that would be dope. so iconic. That would be so good. I hope so. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. Yeah. I guess I just thought like when they get enough seasons, they'd make like their own UK All Stars. But uh, like that would be amazing. And also for like the UK queens to go to America and get like that elevated, like, I mean, at least win yeah. a bit of money for doing it. And a, a chance to win $5,000 for a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the yeah. UK queens would be like bulldozed and the fashion challenges. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them can like turn it out. I guess because as well, like, mm. like most of the queens, I mean, if they've got the money work with designers. So like, you know, yeah. whether, whether you're like, whatever country you're in, if you've got good designers, then you're going to have some good looks. Um, but I guess it's like, it, it just like, it like, it's on everything. Like this, this season's Queens had like a seven month break um, where they weren't able to work. So it's not like they could earn money and, you know, pay the designers mm-hmm. for like these like, things and also like the season three queens i don't really know when they're going to be filming it but if they're filming it anytime soon they ain't going to be like working in bars and clubs like they're going to have to get some money somehow so and if they're going to like be paying designers i mean we're probably going to end up with a lot more of like tea or coffee's looks in um in season three if, if they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be on the low budgets <laughs> bless her we love her um I can't wait for her. I think she's gonna have a turning moment though where something like clicks in her brain and then all of a sudden it's just like yeah she she's like oh i get it because like once she gets it and like gets the looks like she's like where have you been on her instagram recently she's like she's 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 pretty cute like she's stepped it up like her her mate her face got better yeah her face her make like her hair her like she she posted a picture the other day on instagram that made me laugh actually because she looked a bit like taste and i was like (laughs) i was like oh someone's found some inspiration like (laughs) (laughs) is tia coffee the one who rue asked if she was cinch and she was just like no i've just got a fat ass yeah i've got a fat ass (laughs) that was so funny (laughs) i was like why would you but this is the thing about like uk queens you get these queens and i'm like why would you come on rupaul's drag race like not cinching not wearing pads like because it's just what they're used to. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she, that's just how she rolls. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't do that. But I think, like, there's something surely in her I brain. I like that, that, though. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I like, I think there has been, and I, you know, I'm speaking as someone who, like, doesn't know nearly enough about, like, drag culture and, like, the art and whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. it definitely seems like there's, like, a mold that is, people are, like, trying to fit of just, like, you know, the type of queen that RuPaul wants you to be. So, and it seems like that's, like the UK queens like don't fit that necessarily as much. Like they really like kind of like make drag like their own and whatever they want it to be, which I appreciate. But also that's not to say that like, you know, US queens aren't doing that as well. Yeah. I, f- I just feel yeah. like in the UK, um, you have like some really unique individual queens, such as like Ginny Lemon, who was on this season. Um, mm-hmm. And like, she is an icon within herself, but she very much does her own thing. And it's like, I said mm-hmm. this, um, in a Feely Loves podcast, we were talking about it when she was on my podcast and I was saying, you know, some queens are amazing, amazing queens in their own right and they don't need to go on RuPaul's Drag Race to have this like validation or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I feel like the whole pressures of like being a queen and not going on RuPaul's Drag Race is like, 
is a lot because it's like, well, if you're not going to go on it, why? Because like, you know, surely you would want to. I'm going to guess everyone would want to. Yeah, it's the Olympics. Yeah, it's the Olympics. And also like even on the UK when you don't win money, but your opportunities when you leave are going to be so much bigger and better paid. So a lot of them go for it. But then I think, yeah, like, you know, it is a TV show. It's a reality TV show and the producers are going to make people look a certain way. And also you're on like a stage with lights and cameras and like, you know, you're on TV. So your look that, you know, really gets people going in like the two brewers in Clapham on a Saturday mm. night, which is just like a t-shirt and a fucking like fun little dress from H&M, isn't gonna cut it when you're on a TV show. Like, but like, mm. I, and that's what we love about British drag. Like there are so many queens who don't, you know, who aren't polished and who aren't, you know, a rude girl. And that's amazing and that's fantastic. And like, we absolutely love it. But when you're on the TV show, if you, can't like pull off the expectations or if you you know there's someone stood next to you in a dress that's been like absolutely handcrafted by an incredible designer and you're stood in a h&m dress you're gonna get like pulled up on it because <laughs> it's like someone's come yeah. here and paid thousands to step up step the pussy up for the show and you've just rocked up with your bag of old bits that you you take to your gigs on a sunday brunch like <laughs> like if that's the kind of queen you want to be that's amazing but i feel like just for some people it's not the show's not for them, but I understand why they would do it because it's like, if I get offered it, then why the hell not? Because I'm going to make some money off it somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's a crazy old little world, isn't it? I mean, I'm kind of glad I'm not a drag queen. I'm dragged into it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I was going to ask you is that I feel like a lot of people in the UK have this like, I don't know if the word's like, maybe like glamorized, like idolized idea of like American drag, uh, not drag, I'm still on the topic of drag. American like <laughs> queer scenes through watching things like Pose or through watching things like RuPaul's Drag Race or things where they see like a heightened version of like the US queer scene. I mean, obviously in Pose, we were going through an AIDS pandemic and no one wants to go through that. But the whole like ball culture and, you know, I've got a friend who literally says to me daily, all I want to do is move to America, but get picked up by a house mother and like, and go to all the balls. And I'm like, I don't think that even really happens anymore, hun. Like it's not how it like is on pose. And I think people mm. like forget that. So how, what would you say are maybe like some, maybe some like negatives of the queer scene? I'm sure there's a long list. <laughs> well, just, Going off of what you said, I mean, ball culture really grew out, and I, I'm not speaking from experience, but just from like research I've done and like learning my like queer history. Ball culture exists because it's because it includes the people who are the most excluded from society, and like getting picked up by a mother, like while it is a good thing, like it means that you came from like really horrible circumstances like yeah. you know like, people who got picked up by mothers were like living on the street they've been kicked out of their homes like they were just, like yeah sex workers they were like hooked on drugs or whatever like it it's not it i understand what you're saying in terms of like glamorizing it and i do think it did a little bit of that but like the reality of the situation was like like i'm i don't want to sound like well, i'm bashing them but like it's not where anybody like really wanted to end well, up like, like chose to be yeah no one chose to be there yeah. but i feel like they they showed but, it specifically on pose let's say so they showed it like you know turning a bad situation into an incredible situation rather totally. than you know mm -hmm. maybe showing that a lot of them were still in bad situations 
And I think that it's important to keep separate, like the pose world, like through the lens of pose being picked up by a house mother is kind of like, Oh my gosh, there's nothing else to really do. Like this is where I'm ending up. Whereas like through the lens of RuPaul being picked up by like a mother, like Alyssa Edwards, like has drag children. So I could see how like through that context, you might be like, oh my God, I want to come to America and like have an awesome drag mom who's going to like teach me drag and things like that. Um, but I feel like Pose is more of kind of like, I mean, I'm sure it still happens to this day, but I'm not familiar with that. So I don't really, I can't really speak on what mm-hmm. it's like now, but I think Pose is more of an encapsulation of like the eighties. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and things change yeah. so much. Like the London scene was so different in the eighties than it is now. And I also think like, mm-hmm. you know, things aren't amazing and things aren't great, but things have progressed a lot further in both the UK and the US than they were in the eighties. So a lot less people are yeah. in a situation where they need to be picked up by someone to like help them out because less, I guess less people are being like thrown out of their families or fired from their jobs for being gay. And, you know, luckily, yes and no. well, yeah. Like, there's still, like, rampant homophobia, transphobia in this country. Like, the the number of homeless youth is still, like, disproportionately LGBTQ. It's especially high for trans youth. Um, literally, this past summer was when the Supreme Court said that, you know, you can't be... Fi- we It's called federal, wor- uh, federal workplace... Oh, what is it called? Uh, protections. Like it literally was this past summer where the Supreme Court was like, no, you can't fire someone for just because they're queer. Well, that only ever happened this last summer. Yeah. Before it, it was state by state. Mm -hmm. So like living in California, there was no way that I was, well, it was very, very, very highly unlikely that Mm -hmm. there was going to be a way that I could get fired for being gay. But like those same protections didn't really exist in like Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it was like a state by state mandate versus this summer, the Supreme Court said all of America and I guess like you're mm-hmm. I guess like we've said before like I guess everything is just kind of a lot more I don't know like heightened or exaggerated like within the US because it is so much bigger and I don't know if you guys have the same experience as me but like I feel like myself and a lot of Londoners like we're in this like bubble of like a protective world and especially within being like in the performance like entertainment world I have so many queer friends and like you know most of the girls are all like presenters allies and it's like everyone's like very much in this like community and we go into London and then we go to our auditions and we go to our shows and we live in this kind of world and we forget that if you step like outside of the M25 which is like the motorway that goes around London like things are different Mm. um and we don't see it as much because you kind of you you know you I guess you sometimes choose what you want to see and like it's not as it's not exactly as I don't know for me it's not like really in my face like I don't see homophobia really on a day-to-day basis but I'm obviously still aware it very much still happens and like there are certain areas of the UK where like I definitely wouldn't be accepted um but I think it is as well it's like a it's like a I think from for here it's it's quite like a person-to-person basis like you know I grew up in a really really small rural town um but I've never really faced much other than like teasing and stuff Mm -hmm. from where I grew up um and I guess, you know, there are people who, if their family and if their like community from where they're from learns to accept them, even though they might live in somewhere that like appears to be quite like homophobic or 
close-minded they might live quite a happy life because the people around them have chosen to accept them so I guess it is like a person-to-person basis but I think like in America you know with it being so much bigger and things are so much different like you've just said there were some states where you could get fired for being gay and there's some states that you couldn't so it's hard to like generalize but I think from a UK's point of view we do just generalize because we see it as like the USA Mm -hmm. yeah I mean yeah I think it's it's similar. I would imagine it's similar to the UK where like if you leave London and you go to the more rural parts, it's like it's not going to be as accepted. And there's a reason that, you know, growing up, I was like, I'm either going to live in New York or I'm going to live in L.A. Like it never I, it was never a possibility that I was going to live in like South yeah. Dakota or things like that. And I mean, mostly because I what I want to do working in entertainment, I can't do that there. But also because it's like it's not necess- like queer people do flock to these big cities for a reason. And it's because it is more accepted there. And like when you hit the more rural parts and even when you're like, well, I guess the South is still rural large in part, you are going to run into it a lot more. And like being in the the rural part of New York when I grew up, like there was a lot. I mean, it's, I, it's similar to what you described. Like I didn't necessarily see overt like violent acts of homophobia, but like it was definitely there. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's weird, isn't it? Like it, it does change per area, like person to person. But then when you like step back and realize you're like, oh shit. Yep. So we're still really happening. It's really quite problematic. There's a lot to <laughs> do. There's a lot to yeah. do here. <laughs> let's get our gloves on. Let's work yeah. in. Yeah. It's hard. Um, yeah. I think we also have, and I, I don't know if this is the case for you guys, but like Christianity and like has really still got like a really strong stranglehold on like a large portion of this nation in a bad way. You know, I think there is a lot of good things that can come out of Christianity. Um, we don't have to go down that whole route, (laughs) but there is a lot of like violent, aggressive misogyny and homophobia and racism that like comes out of Christianity. And there are still a lot of people who feel that way. And, you know, I think a lot of the bad things that and a lot of the homophobia and bad experiences that people have in this country, like I think a lot of the time it stems out of like a very religious upbringing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. And so I think that really is kind of like it obviously not the only source of it, but like one of the more common places where you'll hear about people having like really traumatic upbringings or like, you know, I was brought up in the church is like a, a phrase a lot of people say. Um, when they're talking about like not coming out until later in life or like having a really, really bad experience when they did come out. Yeah. And I think as well, like whenever I've been to New York, I've realized that like there is such a culture difference that I think because of like mainstream media and I don't know, like the two countries just kind of been like tied together. Like growing up, I was on the Disney channel every day after school. It was your That's So Raven. It was your- You were on Disney channel? No, I was like, I was watching it. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh my God, I You wish. and Miley. Yeah. But like Hannah Montana was my best friend. That's So Raven was my girl. And, you know, so yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of, you know, American people on my TV. We always see them, like we see a lot of American people on TV. We watch a lot of American programs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think- you then kind of like just like tie the two together but it was like the first time I ever went to New York I could just and like you know New York is quite like I guess compared to a lot of other places in America very like forward open place and I was not necessarily because of like homophobia or anything like that but I just remember like walking around being like it's just I feel like I'm in a different country like there is such a culture difference just the way people act the way people speak 
Um, what were the differences that you were feeling? I don't know. I just think I can remember, like, it's weird because you're speaking the same language. It's like, it's like okay, we're verbally speaking the same language. So you kind of assume that like, we're all on the same page. Um, but I can just remember like, you know, people's like attitudes are different and just like, I don't know, like ordering things in restaurants is in like a different way. You know, your whole like tipping systems, like very different to the way we do things. Um, like, oh, I mean- get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm there like, oh my God as well, what really throws me, which I absolutely hate is when, when I go like, so, I'm going to the shop here. I'm walking across the road and I've got like one pound 20 in my hands. I look on the shelf. I, I find my bits for my one pound 20. I go to the man. He says one pound 20, please. And I pop off. I go to America. I'm walking around the shop. I find my bits for one pound 20. And the lady's like, that's one pound 50, please. Or like whatever money you have. And I'm like, well, what $1. am I to do now? Because I've not planned for that. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah. you, you, I don't have tax. Like until you've scanned it through the till. Included. Did you always have to think yeah. like whatever I'm going to buy is going to be a little bit more expensive? Yeah. Yeah. That's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what the, the reason is. There are different, I mean, different states have different sales taxes, like New Hampshire and Delaware, for example, like don't have sales tax. Um, different types of things have different taxes, like food versus clothing versus groceries versus... I don't know. Electronics. Electronics. Yeah. Jewelry. So it's like in, in Massachusetts, it's like, there's no tax on necessities. So like, I remember growing up, I would always buy my clothes in Boston because there was no sales tax on clothing because it was considered a necessity. Whereas in New York, it was like 10% tax. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So there's like, <laughs> I know we've talked about it a bunch, but like there's so many issues that we call it like federalism, um, where it's like, what is enough for like the federal government to impose on all the states and like the idea of states' rights is really um it really holds us back as a nation, I believe. Um if there are any Republicans or conservatives listening to this, please do not hit me in the DMs. I do not want to argue with you because you are wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well it's just that America is so individualistic. Whereas like there's no there's no sense of like common community with it mm -hmm. like it's it's and that's again it like goes back to the covid thing it's like everybody's only thinking about themselves they do not care about the greater good of the country really yeah. even though mm -hmm. it's so funny because like the the republican party does argue that it's like all they care about is like the good of the country and it's like no you just don't want to pay more taxes yeah, yeah. i like don't want to sound too like divisive but it really what it ends up boiling down to is that like a lot of the things that republican that that like make republicans republicans these days and that like they vehemently disagree with democrats over are not the things that like originally created the party divide you know yeah. what i mean like they aren't yeah. about like different ways of like utilizing taxpayer dollars and like whether you like care more about states rights versus like federal government rights like those are like kind of where it really grew from i think when nowadays it is all about like Healthcare abortion. and immigration and abortion and things that are like and gun rights. Yeah, things that yeah. are like human rights. Yeah. Versus like we don't want like kids dying in schools. Like there's no reason that forty percent of gun owners in the world should all live in America. You yeah. Know? Um, and so it 
it's tough because when you boil it down, like a lot of what like Republican talking points these days, when you boil it down, you can show them the facts like what you're arguing for is literally going to kill people. Like the Mm -hmm. type of deregulation you're asking for is going to cause the deaths of these people. And here's X, Y, and Z, Y. But that's not really what Republicanism originally was. It's what it's grown to be. And that's like where Mm -hmm. a lot of the, the divide is because people don't realize it, you know, it it ends up just being like, I don't, they end up saying things like, I don't like the Democrats because they want to invite all of the dangerous immigrants from Mexico into our country that are going to steal all of our jobs. We're going to get poor. And then they're going to like rape and kill our families when it's like, literally Let's that's stop not being the case silly. yeah like. <laughs> or they'll like or like there's a huge agenda in the republican party right now in like in like 20 different states they've introduced um bans on like trans athletes in school sports and it's like it's this is the perfect example of how they'll pick this scenario that has maybe happened once or it has never happened and they'll say this is what's going to happen like like boys are going to dress up like girls and they're going to just win all of the girls sports events and your girls are never going to be able to play sports success successfully again when in reality it's like that is literally never the case that is not the case you just are transphobic and it's and so annoying because you just want to like shake these people. It's also fear mongering. Yeah, exactly. Like they yeah. always, it's always using fear as a tactic to be like, this is what's going to happen. And then everyone's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. clutches their pearls. And it's like, that's not. Yeah. I mean, when it's all, Definitely. when it's all said and done, it's just like they, <laughs> they want to choose like little things to keep us busy so that they can really keep like destroying the world and hoarding. Yeah. Like uh, distractions from like the big, the big, uh, yeah. the big situs. Yeah. And like really also it's like really quickly something that I didn't really realize until this year because like similar to you, like I was not very, I don't think a lot of the youth in, in America was politically minded at all until the past five years. And then we were all kind of like forced to be um, or like realized how important it was and like kind of realized what was at stake. Um, and it's important to remember, this is something that again, I like didn't really realize until this past election, both the Republicans and the Democrats at the end of the day, are trying to maintain the status quo in America. Like a lot yeah. of people here think that like electing Joe Biden is going to like change a lot of things and he's going to come in and be like, I'm a liberal. He's not a liberal person. Really? He's like, he's not even a liberal politician. Yeah. Like the, if, it, if we were to view it as like a spectrum, it's like the far, far right would be Trump, like the farthest right. And then you come in towards like the middle, the bisexuality part <laughs> would be like, Republicans or Democrats and then Republicans or whatever. And then like the far left is like super, super liberal. And I think that a lot of people see like Democrats and they're like, Oh my God, like they're so liberal. Like they want socialist policies, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like that, like that is not Joe Biden at all. Like what? I oh, really want socialist, want socialist policies. policies. <laughs> but, but yeah, we ha- I, it's uh, like the same here. Like I think I was talking to a friend the other day and you know, we were saying, I think a lot of the time, it's either like one or the other, isn't it? It's like, well, you don't want Donald Trump to to be in power. So it's like, this kind of like seems like any option, but then sometimes you look at it and you're like, hang on a minute, the other option isn't too cute either. Like, <laughs> this isn't great. Yeah. And I do think it's like, I, like, I personally was very naive to it. Like, I just knew that Donald Trump had been 
kicked off. So like I was absolutely singing and dancing about whoever else was taking his place. And it's only recently yeah. that I've actually learned like exactly what you've just said. It's not like, you know, he's waving his rainbow pride flags and throwing up Kamata Oreos. Like he's not- No, he not... is, but then he's doing all the things is, that Trump yeah. did. He, it's like, if, I don't know if you've seen those memes where it's like liberals like bomb the Middle East democrats bomb the middle east with rainbow flags and like hashtag blm you know (laughs) yeah literally just to cover up yeah so it's like see it's it's better but it's not good yeah 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 Yeah. i I guess yeah and it's annoying because it's like you know we want to celebrate the progression but equally if we're not like all the way there it's like well what we celebrating yet for like Mm -hmm. let's get there and then we'll all it's a step in the right direction yeah but it's not done i mean for sure <laughs> we I could, could literally could, talk could, for, it for days. I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for everyone listening, Matt's in law school yeah. and I studied <laughs> arts and crafts. So <laughs> it's good, though. Like, I think it's really, really cool when people are really like educated about it because I don't think enough people are. Um, yeah. And then, you know, people throw out all these thoughts and opinions um, because they've read some news article on it. And that news article was probably made up by someone sat at an office desk. Like, you know, it, you you got to you got to do your research and make your own thoughts and opinions to really back up what you're going to say. Um, yeah. So it's it's good that you that you could literally can do that. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> um, okay. So to like wrap up, I've flo- like let's do one at a time. I've flown to New York. Where are the first three queer places you're taking me? Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> flown to new york uh well let's let's like go through a day so we're going for brunch then we're maybe going for like a lunch and then we're going out oh no no we're going for brunch and we're going for a dinner and then we're going out where are you taking me oh god it's time it's kind of tough i probably should have like gotten into this more earlier but like i'm from the suburbs i haven't like lived in the city quite yet that's fine even even if it's just like where you're from I don't fucking honestly i don't know like i could do it like atlanta he's useless yeah i could do atlanta Just because I lived in Atlanta most recently and, like, can actually go out there. Um, Although I was in law school. I don't know. Erin, you go first. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Have some time to think. She's really going through it, actually. She's struggling. Sorry. Every moment. (laughs) Just a really simple question. She's not the host. She threw it at you, like, off the top of my head and you've, like, gone through a breakdown, but that's fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I deserve that. No, go on, Aaron. Matt's like, I'll take you to my kitchen and we can eat Chromatica Oreos <laughs> and then I'll take you to the restaurant I work at and we can drink well, some red wine. And then we can like, come home and drink beer with my one. parents. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That is fine. Go on. Okay, LA. Yeah, let's go. Okay, have you been to LA? No, I wish. Okay, well, when, eventually. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah. As, soon as, the, um, as soon as the lockdown and Miss Rona's pissed off, I'll be there. Oh, one question I wanted to ask is, have you had any like major like restaurants or bars or anything closed because of the Corona shutdowns? Um, do you know what we have has closed, which I don't know if, um, uh, I don't know if, well, no. So do Topshop? Yeah, yeah I love Topshop's Top closed. Like we had a massive one on Oxford Street that's gone. I think ASOS bought it. It's that. only going to be sold on ASOS. Um, I'm sure there are many like places and businesses that have closed. Um, I can't think of any like massive chains that have like disappeared. Mm-hmm. Although we had this place called Eat. I think this was before Corona, so I can't even blame that. But there was this place called Eat, which is really, really good. But Prep bought it out and I was really pissed off at that because I used to get really good lunches from there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Prep a manger. Yeah, Prep a manger. Do you have... Yeah, you have Prep. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, we do. Do you not in LA? Do we have it in LA? Oh, in New York. Uh, not in LA. Oh, in okay. York. Yeah. They have one in Boston too. On the topic of that, I actually had, my friend told me that they have um, a Nando's in Chicago. It's going to be a three hour, three hour podcast. Yeah. Dude, I love Nando's. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You can buy the, I just found out that you can buy the sauce here. Oh, really? And I fucking need it. Yeah. Nando's is like a, a chicken restaurant. Yeah, I've heard of that. This yeah. is what I love, you know, like, again, this is going to fucking go on for ages, just cut out all the beginning bits. But, um, <laughs> I loved the fact that people absolutely jizz over like little things that we like aren't really that bothered about. Like you screaming like I love Nando's. I'm like not even that fast. But like we have like a few Taco <laughs> Bells here and like I've never really had Taco Bell, but it's like something I really want to try. And I'm like I- I'm often I'm like, oh my god, like we should go to Taco Bell just for like to experience it. But like Taco Bell is literally like the most mundane thing in New in I've America, never even right? had it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I loved Taco Bell when I was like sixteen. Yeah. But so go on then what was your uh, yeah. your LA day? Okay. Well, unfortunately what prompted that question is because I would have said we were going to go to drag brunch at Flaming Saddles, which is like a bar in West Hollywood. I've hang on, on like I've seen strip. it. Don't you don't you dare tell me it's closed down. Yeah, it closed. Um, so I'm praying that I'm someone will sick. buy it and just kind of open it in the same, this like not change anything and just because it's also like that was like the most unanimously loved place. I feel like by everybody, everyone who went there had a good time. Whereas like there are other spots where it's like you have differing opinions. Yeah, but, like everybody loved Flaming Saddles. But I would take you there for brunch. We're just gonna manifest that it'll come back and it'll be fine and it all will be sunny and dandy by the time that you get mm-hmm. here. Um, and then we'll be super fucked up and we'll need to like take a nap. Um, and then probably at like 3 PM we would go get like Mexican food because Mexican food is super good in LA. It's even better in San Diego, but we could go to like tacos to Madre and get amazing breakfast burritos. Tacos, your mother. Um, Is that what it's called? It's called tacos to Madre. Yeah. Mm. Um, really good food. Uh, I don't know. Everything's good. There aren't like super queer centered businesses that I would, that like come to mind, but that's just because like everything in LA, there are always gays there. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just all gay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. We could go to like catch, which is super fun um, for dinner. And then we would just go out and we have, or Hollywood. Hollywood has some really cool bars as well. So there are good places to go out then in like Hollywood and stuff. Cause I've heard from friends who go like, who've been to LA that like a lot of it isn't all what it's like cracked up to be. Um, that, that, the... I don't think the nightlife compares to London. I prefer London nightlife. Oh, okay. But what would be really special is when you came to LA, the, the bars would close at two and then we would find an after party at a mansion in the hills. Yeah. And we would go to I've like an after good. party at a mansion in the hills until like six in the morning. That's, and those are always really fun. Yeah, that sounds very me, very on brand. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll whip one up when you come out. Yeah, here. for sure. So thank you so much for okay. joining me. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. This was so much fun. <laughs> thank you for working around our horrible schedules oh my and my God. terrible communication no, it's okay. skills. I'm going to go to week. bed and you guys are just going to like start your day. <laughs> and I'm, right, I'm going to yeah. stay at this desk and I'm going to do homework for the next five hours. So. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> well, enjoy that. <laughs> I won't, but thanks. <laughs> So if you loved us as much as we loved you, <laughs> hopefully you didn't. You were like these fucking obnoxious Americans. I mean, um, probably. Probably. <laughs> probably. 
Um, we have a podcast as well. Uh, new episodes come out every single Tuesday. It's called Queering the Air. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Queering the Air Pod. And you can find our personal Instagrams. Mine is Aaron Idelson. And mine is at Maddie Roar. I think, will they be linked in the description? They'll be in the description, honey. So you are. <laughs> We're like producing your podcast. <laughs> this is what you're going to do, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, I'm Liam. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>